Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you all to TNC's latest Down the Wire podcast. And today's topic is an absolute cracker. How network transformation goes wrong and how to prevent it. I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of TNC. I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecoms strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 280 major UK multinational organisations and help them get the best possible commercial, technical, operational and contractual results from the network and telecom solutions. Joining us today to share his expertise is one of our most experienced principal consultants and lead deployment expert, Jonathan Copley. John, would you like to say hello to our viewers and listeners? Hello, viewers and listeners. Great to have you. Great to have you. Now, <clears throat> I've had a sneak peek of our forthcoming white paper on this topic, and I know it is extremely interesting. In fact, I'm going to open our podcast today by quoting from the opening paragraph of that paper. Picture the scene. You've just completed the procurement of your organization's new network solution. The business case you presented to the CFO showed a pretty rosy picture, and the final results you've achieved more than aligned with what you've promised. A next generation technical solution that delivers more bandwidth, more resilience, and more functionality. A step up in SLAs with an improved operating model, all delivered with significant cost savings. You're a hero, right? High fives all round. <laughs> but let's roll the take forward a year. Did all those benefits really happen? Did the network really get deployed on time? Does it really perform as expected? Most importantly, the CFO is having trouble identifying the cost savings, and she's asked for a report from you to prove they landed. This might sound like a nightmare. We really should have done this as our Halloween podcast, shouldn't we? This might sound like a nightmare, <laughs> but unfortunately, it is the reality for far too many network transformations. The good news is, though, we have John here, grizzled veteran of dozens of such transformations, and he's going to talk us through exactly where such transformations can go wrong, and most importantly, what you can do to avoid that terrible fate. So, Mr. Copley, let's start with the ugly truth. In your white paper, you quote three pretty shocking stats about how transformations go wrong. Can you start off by upsetting our viewers and listeners and reminding us of those stats? I surely can. Let's get the bad news out of the way to start with. <laughs> so, yeah, so firstly, uh, I think on average, we see uh, deployments taking you know, six months longer than the original plan, which is a hefty amount of time in anybody's book. It's pretty painful uh, to start with. It is, and it doesn't get any better either. Um, and during the time to procure uh, and then deploy, 40% of organisations say that functionality, you know, potentially um, doesn't meet some of the requirements that were you know, a driver to deploy the new technology. Because the requirements have changed, that's, it's taken so long to buy it and deploy it, that by the time you deploy it, it doesn't even do the thing that you set off to. Correct. Fantastic. Okay, good. You've more bad news? My personal favourite, and I think the most shocking of all, is that 50% potentially forecasted savings are lost by the end of the deployment. So from the time you promised your CFO savings in the business case to the time you've actually finished the deployment half of those savings have disappeared yeah please don't, don't sell to anyone please don't stop listening now <laughs> we are going to talk to you about how to avoid this way but that's pretty shocking so let's just recap that the average deployment takes six months longer than planned 
40% of organizations find they've got a functionality shortfall at the end of the deployment. And 50% of cost savings can be lost between the business case and the end of the deployment. Yeah, grim That's statistics. That is pretty grim. That is pretty grim. So, okay. What, 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 what's driving that? Okay. I mean, that doesn't just happen, right? No. So I, now I happen to know that we've been doing quite a bit of research into this space and delayed deployment is obviously a huge part of this. Could, could you take us through what is causing all that delayed deployment? I, I can, yeah. So I think where we would start is there's often a delay with the, um, with the data. Right. So when you when you start in your contract, you're doing your procurement, it all starts with that data set at the beginning. And typically what we see is the procurement data is quite high level. So okay. site list, you know, it literally site name, address, pretty much that's it. When you come to deploy, you need much more detailed site information. And that gap in knowledge can be you know, can be significant and on a large estate it can take a lot of time to gather that information because a lot of organizations don't track the information that the vendors will need to deploy okay so it's so it's not the lack of data that's the problem it's the time it takes to go and get that data yeah and yeah. we're talking here about getting right down to the kind of real detailed level site contacts names phone numbers email addresses yeah location of the comms room those all, types of information, you know, power, space, all that kind of good stuff. All the super detailed stuff you're going to need yeah. as part of a deployment. Yeah. And if you haven't, if you haven't got that, any delay on that, you know, the vendors are, are off the hook because, you know, that's a prerequisite that you'll sign up to. Mm. So it's really important that you, you know, you start that data capture early. And so presumably the, the key issue here is organizations aren't started to gather that data until after they sign their contract. So at that point, the clock's ticking. Yeah, because everyone's focused on getting a great deal, getting a great price, getting a great solution. They're not in the weeds of where we're going to plug it in. Okay, interesting, interesting. And as you say, when you talk about uh, big site lists, presumably that's a that can take what weeks, months, months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even even on a site list of you know a hundred, can take weeks to get the you know the contact information, the phone number, the email of the Elcon. You need two sets of contacts on site, you know, gathering all that data. You say organizations don't just have it sat there ready to give you. Mm. You have to go out and find that information. Interesting. Interesting. What's next? Okay, so get get in the data. I can see the problem there. What what's next? So the next one is the solution development, right? So you've you've signed up to your product, you know, SD1, uh, let's say, and you're doing your contract, you've negotiated it all, you've got your price, but all, you, all you're working from is, is a very high level description of the solution. You need to get down into the weeds of you know, the low level design, how it's going to work, how it's going to function, what are your policies going to be like, what's your routing, what's this, what's that. You know, and again, you don't get down into that detail until you've got a contract and you've really got to allow time to, to gap to that. So again, it's a massively time consuming piece of work and it, <clears throat> now I'm, sli I'm, I'm a slight spoiler alert because I've read the white paper what one of the things you say there is that the, the, the challenge as we're moving away from an old world of it was MPLS to a new world where quite possibly it's SD-WAN that the, the, the no more time is being baked into project plans 
to make to 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 reflect that complexity so what might have taken a couple of months in an mpls world because everyone knew what they were doing is now taking much longer because there's more testing there's more piloting so is the reason that this process step is taking longer because we've, we're having this technology change so back in the days of mpls everyone knew it was going to take two months, say, to do this process step, and that's what goes in the project plan. But now it's world of SD-WAN, the technology's new, skills, knowledge, etc., cetera, are, are, are less developed, more testing, more piloting is required. So what took two months is now taking four months and no extra time has been put into the project plan for that. Is that what's yeah. causing this? Yeah, it's exactly that. So, you know, sticking with SD-WAN as an example, but the same can be said for any of the you know, sort of new cutting edge leading edge technology. Um, is that the solution is complex. You know, there's lots of policies that need to be created and they're, they're all from scratch. They're not from new and they're all bespoke to each customer. And there's a lot of thinking that has to be going in and information that has to be captured from the customer side, which the customers are always ready for. So we have to then go into, well, what do we want our policy to be on watching cat videos on Facebook at lunchtime, yeah, whatever it is. Strongly encouraged, strongly yeah, encouraged. <laughs> you've got to go out and find that information, which takes time. Yeah. But then layered on top of that is the point that because it's such a new technology, we are seeing uh, the vendors, so they, they've got the capability, they've got the knowledge, but whereas in an MPLS world, for example, you know, they've had 50 people on the bench who can deploy MPLS and they've been doing it for years and they can do it with their eyes shut to a certain extent. Mm. But with SD1, they are still learning. They've got the knowledge, but instead of 50 people, they've got five. Yeah. And you know the 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 the, you know, the delivery teams are, are deploying it, and when they hit an issue that they've not come across before, it's taking them time because they go, oh, "I've not seen that before." <clears throat> so they have to yeah. go away internally, and you know, because they're running multiple deliveries of, of SD1 at the same time. There's a bottleneck into the people. I was going to say, you got bottlenecks and traffic jams all the way up the chain. All the way up, which, which, you know, again, all these things get fixed, but it's just taking the time to, to get there. And we're going to, when we come on to cost overruns, spoiler alert, that's what's coming next. Um, we're going to talk about how this impacts, but let, let's just finish off with, with, with delays first. Cause you, you, you know, again, I, I you know, things like SD-WAN, you know the next the, the the next point here we're talking about sort of hardware shortages and so on again presumably that's exacerbated by the 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 sort of the newness of the technology yeah and i think it's demand because you know everyone's now deploying sd1 it's you know it's definitely what we're seeing people buy uh, but then you overlay that sort of high demand anyway with the global chip shortage that we're seeing yeah you know, we are seeing impacts on deliveries you know, certainly on certain lines of hardware and it's changing all the time. So it's really hard to plan in what that delay is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that, you know, this is, this is all adding up to what we're, we're, we're uh, I, I presume, desperate trying to avoid the use, using the term perfect storm. But it's a perfect storm, right? There's just a whole bunch of things happening all at the same time. And, and this last point here around project management failures, again, presumably this is all compounded by the same factors that it's new there's a shortage of people who know what they're doing etc exactly yeah and it's you know it's like any project you've got to have that you know strong governance structures set up right from the start with the clear roles and responsibilities so everyone knows what they're doing yeah no absolutely so okay so 
I think we've, we, it feels like we've sort of done to death the topic of delayed deployments. But there's a lot of things that a lot of organizations are going to experience which, which are contributing to delays. So look, <laughs> we're, we're going to come on now to, to the second part of this. And, and, you know, that's the cost impact of these things. Now, one could ask a pretty, a pretty dim question. One could say, well, wait a second. I accept that things are taking longer, but why are they costing more? Take us through that. What what is it about delay that then you know hits us all in the wallet? Exactly. So you know, the the big one is increased dual running costs. Right. right. So you know, the longer you sit coloring in your your profiles and finding out your your information, all the things we talked about previously, you're not deploying your new network. And you know, chances are you're deploying your new network because the new network's cheaper than your old network. And the longer it takes, so that cost, you're not getting the benefit. So, you know, start of the year, you set your budgets based on the fact we're going to be deploying. You're instantly up against it from a budget perspective because you, yep. you, you've not hit that delayed dual running. Um, another element is be, you know, if you're existing, your legacy supplier, the chances are you've bought a new network because your old network contract's coming to an end. Well, that's got a definitive end date and there may be clauses in there quite common in all the network contracts that there's a rollover and it'll roll over for 12 months right yeah okay so you so so it's not only that yeah it's taking longer to get to the new network it, it you, you're dual running some elements of the new network with some elements of the old network which you presumably haven't budgeted for but quite possibly you could hit a kind of auto renewal or whatever it is you've got to negotiate an extension of that contract presumably on not particularly great terms because, you know, again, yeah. one of the reasons you're leaving that supplier and that contract is you're perhaps not wild about them and they're perhaps not wild about you if you just serve notice on them. So that's all pretty commercially tricky territory. It is, yeah. And then, you, you know, it's not just the commercial elements. You know, indirect cost will go up potentially because you've got an uninterested supplier now who's, you know, firmly sat in the exit departure lounge <laughs> and, you know, they might take the eye of the service, so you need to put more service management resource on it. You know, there's an indirect cost to this as well, not just a straightforward benefit. Yeah, so this is pretty so pretty horrible stuff. What what else? I I know one of the things you talked about in the white paper is is uh, unexpected change control costs. What what are you getting out there? So go back to the sort of previous horror points we were talking about around the lack of data. Mm. Well, you know that can come back and bite you in the backside further down by a change control because, you know, new sites going to come in. Maybe you didn't have all the data. So you, you've, you know, new sites. The problem is with that is you've got to add them in by a change control. And once that contract's signed, you, you're just dealing with one supplier. So, you know, lack of information drives big issues in change control. Yeah. And, pre and, and part of that presumably is as you go through that discovery process, you 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 potentially also discovering requirements you didn't know you had, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and all that takes time to test, and again impacts your delivery. You know, you're back on the nightmare roundabout. God, this is a spiral of horror, isn't it? <laughs> it's not great, <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah. And and like, so so you know, just just conscious, you know, if we're talking about the greatest hits of woe, your your final point in in this and i absolutely love this one because it's it just sounds bonkers mm. 
you, you mentioned organizations not turning off legacy services. You can't be serious. Are you genuinely saying it's not just that it's taken longer to deploy the new service, but you're not turning off the old one? You would, you would not believe how common it is. It is unbelievable. And you'd think that would be the first thing on any project manager's to-do list, right? Turn off old circuit. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, <laughs> clear, clearly I'm no, no project manager because it seems, it seems pretty obvious to me. Well, why not? I mean, come on, this seems crazy. It does seem crazy, right? So, you know, when you're in the, the, the hustle and bustle of a, of a large network deployment, there's a lot going on. It's complex, fast moving, and there's a long time, right? So the chances are your project manager was never involved in the business case, wasn't involved in the procurement, knows none of the history. All he knows is he's got to install new box, new circuit, get sites up and running without any impact in the budget envelope he's been set, right? So he's Unless focused he's, on the new. He's focusing on the new. And, you know, 12 months later, that's a distant memory. And if it's not, you know, if the governance isn't set up that we talked about before around that clear governance of roles and responsibilities, if no one's got that on their list of jobs to do, you'd be amazed. It just doesn't get done. So no yeah. one, so so what you're saying is no one's kind of coming in behind and sweeping up. Uh, everyone's running off after getting the new solution in. Yeah. But no, it it, it falls through the cracks. It's someone's job yeah, to yeah, turn. We've we've seen this on you know on one contracts, on voice contracts, all kinds of contracts. It's, <clears> you know, it's unbelievably common. Now, having having already pointed out that I'm no project manager. <laughs> Presumably, though, it makes your business case an awful lot harder to achieve if you've gone from paying for one network to pay for two networks. Yeah. 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 Okay. And when you and when you do get pulled up and you have to write that report for your CEO, ah, we just spotted that we should have turned it off eighteen months ago. We've been paying for two. And presumably, a little bit of sympathy for the project teams here. Uh, Presumably, there's an element with this of, you know, it, you know, getting off the old network is pretty challenging. Making sure all the services have really been transferred over, you know, no one wants to accidentally create, you know, a bit of downtime between the old and new, etc. So, so presumably, there's a lot of pressure on to be ultra careful with turning off the old solution. I can see how that could easily kind of segue from caution to well. We never quite did it. Yes, I mean, in a, in the in a delivery phase, you always leave a period of dual running, which is what we're talking about with one of the costs earlier. You've got to set that dual running window appropriate to the risk that the client wants to sign up to. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, you, service is king. You don't want to take you know a retail estate down. You don't want to take a manufacturing site offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it might be. So you leave that dual running period there. In case you need to fail back, there's a problem with the new circuit, yeah, yeah, there's a problem yeah. with whatever. But presumably, the more caution, the longer it dual runs, the greater the risk yeah. that it yeah. kind of gets forgotten. And the longer it dual runs, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if a customer says, right, we want six weeks dual running, not uncommon, then six weeks is a long time because they're now focusing on, you know, site A, B, C that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, and they've got an issue with this policy that they need to focus on, and you know, unless there's a, there's, there's that clear role and responsible somebody's job to do that, yeah, just, just doesn't get done. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
but extremely interesting all at the same time. Okay, so you scared us all half to death. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have we we did promise we 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 wouldn't just leave it there though. We would talk about what can be done now. Clearly, job one is find someone to go and turn off all the old stuff. But anyway, let's 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 raise the level a little bit. Well, in 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 the white paper, you talk about the top three things. I know you say there's ten, twelve, fifteen other things you could do, but to talk us through the top three things that you would advise any organisation to do is facing into a, a transformation. So, I mean, the good thing is, you know, this stuff isn't rocket science, right? It's not. It's not massively over complex. It's just, you know, you just need some good rigor and process around this. Mm. So, you know, first place to start is, is de-risking and doing that through better definition and requirements. You know, it's not complicated. It's definitely not glamorous, but you've got to, <laughs> you've got to get all that information, you know, start building your site list, start building your contacts lists, you know, bake stages into your procurement process to refresh your data. Once you've done your RFP, refresh it again for the BAFO, yeah. then refresh it again for the contract signature before contract signature. So once you put that pen on paper, you've lost all that competitive tension that you've had through the, the rigor that you've really put into the procurement phase. But once you're talking with one supplier, if you suddenly need to add in a change of scope for you know, a higher spec box, then you've lost that competitive tension. But if they know, well, actually we could still go to supplier X because you know they'll give us a better price. You've still got that window. Yeah, and presumably, it, once you put pen to paper, the business case is fixed. You've you, you've you've by then told the CFO or the CEO this is how much it's going to cost. This is how much money we're going to save. You can't then rock up later on and say, "Oh, I was wrong." Yeah. So again, getting that done pre pre signature. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. I like that. You're you can, right. It ain't yeah. glamorous. <laughs> it ain't definitely ain't glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> But then once you've, you know, once you've got those um, much more detailed set of requirements from a technical perspective, build in some proof of concept and value mm. into it, you know, ideally before you sign the contract yeah. or if not in the contract, once you signed it, a clause to get out if it doesn't work. Well, I was going to say, so the, the next point I, I know you're going to talk about is this kind of, you know, passing the risk back to the supplier. Yeah. Presumably things like P, POC, POV, pilots, etc. They're great opportunities to say, if it doesn't work to your supplier, if it doesn't work, that's, that's on you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's vital to pass on as much risk as possible. And when we say risk, what we're really talking about is cost, right? Mm, <laughs> so mm. you pass as much of that onto the supplier uh, in the contract for things like, you know, delays due to failure of POCO testing, which we just talked about. Yep. Um, you know, low-level designs taking longer than planned. You know, all these things that we talked about earlier in the uh, in the podcast was you know, getting that contract protection in there. Protect yourself. <clears throat> so presumably these aren't things you can think about a week before you sign your contract you need to be planning from the day you start your procurement you need to have the deployment in your mind yeah and start these parallel processes yeah you're absolutely bang on there the, the days of you know just signing your contract and then going into delivery that's just a recipe for taking another six months i mean your six months yeah. will go right before you know it you got three monthly time on big circuits anyway. Yeah, you can do a lot of work in that time, but it takes longer than that to build, design, test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's definitely taking longer to do those things. 
and the information gathering. Again, you can't place your order with a lot of vendors now until you've got all this information. Yeah. And again, they've got to get out of jail free card on any delivery. If you haven't given them those prerequisites, they'll just sit back and go, if you haven't got your site list, that's fine. We can't place an order and tell us, you know, who we can contact in, uh, in site in Azerbaijan. You need all that information. Yeah. So definitely start that, you know, delivery phase while you're in the procurement phase. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed to say we are running out of time on podcasts and we could be at this for another half hour. I dare say, if we're in the pub, we could be at this for another couple of hours. But... I'm sure we would. <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally, probably. Intentionally, absolutely. Yeah. But th- no, this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, some of these things, it sounds so counterintuitive right, that, you know, you're going to get a cost overrun because you're not going to turn the old network off. And people are going to say, well, of course, we're going to turn the old network off. But the practical reality is is this, you know, you're going to have cost overruns because the solution probably won't do what it says it will do the first one or two times you go through testing. But hey, if you're working on anything next gen, UCAS, SD-WAN, whatever it is, it probably isn't going to work first time out of the box, etc. You know, unless you're baking these things into your process, you're going to end up in a, in a world of pain. It's no wonder yeah. you, you've got those horror stats that we started the, the podcast with. No, absolutely. No. Yeah. The final thing to, to do is, is, I guess, be realistic. Build in some contingency into the plan. You know, Don't take the happy plan approach that the vendor's selling you, saying, oh, we'll get your new network in in nine months. You know, yeah. We'll get your new voice system in in six months. Yeah. Be realistic, especially if it's a new technology. Yeah. Building some contingency to allow for testing, to allow for changes, to allow for retesting. Pre- presumably, yourself in a year's time, who's, who's making that long trip up to the CFO's office, will thank your old self hugely for having yeah. stuck a bit of contingency into the plan. Absolutely. And if it, and if it does work first time, never seen them work first time, but if it does work first time, <laughs> then you know, you're know you going back with good news rather than bad news. Right? Absolutely. You're going up there stairs saying, we, we delivered early. Yeah. Rather Fantastic. Than going upstairs going, we're six months late. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. John, fantastic. Excellent. Just really super interesting as always. Um, yeah, I'm really sorry. We're, we're, we're going to have to draw things to, to a close. But uh, thank you so much for providing us with your insights. That's been really, really interesting. I'm sure everyone listening and watching has, has really enjoyed it. Please, as always, do let us know any questions you may have about this or any other network and telecoms topic. You can get in touch through our website, www.networkcollective.co.uk or any of our usual social channels. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you.